Well, good morning and happy new year, New Life Church. Woo! Welcome to 2024. So good to see all your beautiful faces and well done. What better way to start 2024 than in God's house and you made it on the first Sunday of the year, only 51 more to go, right? High five someone next to you and say, well done. Man, what a year. What a year 2023 was. Isn't it crazy? Have you ever sat and just thought about how much changes in just one year? I mean, I was just sitting and thinking about how much in the world, first of all, change in 2023. It's crazy. Wars breaking out, technology advancing, AI everywhere. Right at the beginning of 2023, Twitter was still called Twitter. In the beginning of 2023, people had to do their own homework. Now there's chat GPT, right? It's fantastic. So much changes. I was thinking about the people that I know, the people that I have in my family, the people I'm friends with, how much changed in one year. Some of them got married. Some of them got divorced. Some of them had kids. Some of them immigrated. Some of them moved away. And unfortunately, some of them didn't make it with us into 2024. I had some relationships at the beginning of 2023 that were really strong, but by the end of 2023, weren't as strong anymore. And I had the opposite happen. People are hardly new at the beginning of 2023 that now I consider really close and like family to me. All in one year. And I do it about you because a lot of you are older than me. But I already just feel like it's happening so fast. And the older I get, the faster change seems to happen. It just comes. I, I was thinking just about like this city. I've been in this city since 1997. How many of you have been in Whitbank for 1997 or longer before that? Any, any hands up? Well, so you guys will know this city has changed. Oh my word, so much. It's so much since, since I've come. It's just been crazy. And this church even has changed. I mean, you know, when I came to this church, we were still doing worship with those overhead projectors, with the transparent films. I was one of those, those kids that volunteered on projection. I'd come to the front of the church doing worship and I'd have to like guide with the words and then quickly flick to the next transparency it was insane, guys. We used to record the services on little tapes. And then people like Uncle Joe during the week would take one of these big tape duplicators and then tape, duplicate the tapes during the week for anyone who wanted to listen to the message again. Isn't it crazy? And now, I mean, I, I was getting really nostalgic as I was thinking about all these changes. I started looking at pictures. I found this picture of this church in 1984. While it was still being built, there's little Andrew over there, right, in the ground. 1984, I mean, just think of how much just this church has changed. I found a picture of this church from 2008. It doesn't feel like really long ago. But there in 2008, we were in this hall. That's a picture in this hall. We would have one Sunday morning service, about three, 400 people only. And there we are, right, just this beautiful community of people. One thing that hasn't changed is always in the front right side of the church. You'll find Monica singing with all her heart out. There she is, and I was looking at those faces, and there's so much change. So many of those people are no longer with us. Right? Some have moved on to heaven. Some have moved on to another country, another city, another church. And you look at that, and you're just like, wow, everything just seems to change. I look at my own life, just personally, my own little family, 
it feels like my wife and I like just got married the other day. Like it doesn't feel like we've been married that long. And yet, can I tell you that this month my daughter turned 20. Like what? Are you kidding me? I have a 20 year old? Come on. Right, I've got two other kids that are, are teenagers now. I've got a bunch of kids. Almost, they're going to be teenagers soon. In fact, for the first time in 16 years, my wife and I don't have a kid in preschool. <laughs> Amazing. Change, 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 change. Everywhere you look, it's change. Everything we have changes and everything we are changes. And so as we look forward to 2024, here's one thing I want to guarantee you, your life will not stay the same. There are a bunch of changes on the way. Some of them good, some of them not so good. Some of you will lose this year. Lose some money, lose a job, lose a relationship. Some of you will gain this year. You might gain a million followers <laughs> or gain a new relationship. Some of you, there'll be movement. Some of you, there'll be tension. There'll be a change in your health diagnosis. I don't know what's going to happen this year, but I do know that there is change coming. Look at someone and say, change is on its way. In fact, I believe some of you have already felt that. We're only seven days in and you felt the change. Things have already happened that you didn't expect, right? Maybe you've got some good news. You've got that job. You've got the employment. Maybe you've had some bad news already and we're just starting in the year. Change is guaranteed. If there's one thing about this life that does not change, it's change. Change is constant. And so I've got to ask the question as we look forward to this year that we know is going to be full of crazy changes, things we don't expect, things we're not planning for, things that we're not kind of writing in the script of our own lives. What is our Christian response to change? How should we, as children of God, handle the good and the bad change that comes our way? And as always, I think Scripture really does give us the answer. In fact, I believe what God wants to do in this community today is really strengthen us, steal us, sturdy us, encourage us, give us hope as we head into the year of the unknown that God does know. He wants to give us a hope through his word. And so I want to invite you to join me in his word. We're going to start in the book of Malachi. And if you got your Bible or even the New Life app, all the notes are there. We're going to be joining together in Malachi chapter 3 from verse 6. It says, I am the Lord. I do not change. Wow. I'm the Lord. I do not change change. In theology, we call this the immutability of God. He's immutable. He's immune to change. The immutability of God. God is not given to change. We're told as the author of Hebrews tells us the same thing about Jesus Christ. It says there in Hebrews chapter 13 from verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same Yesterday, today, and forever, the same Jesus you knew when you came into the faith is the same Jesus that we worship today, and it's the same Jesus who we will be with in eternity forever. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. God doesn't change. He's immutable. Now, 
this is quite a thing for you and I to get our minds around. Because it's so foreign. We have no reference for this. Everything we know and everything we touch and everything we see, everything we've ever experienced changes. There isn't a single thing in your life that doesn't change. Everything changes. Everything you own will on its own deteriorate. It deteriorates physically. It deteriorates in value unless you can take really good care of it for a long time. And then eventually it will increase in value because now it's an antique. Now it's rare. But no matter what, it changes. Every person you know changes. You don't have to be married for very long to realize that people change, right? You're not the person you were on your wedding day, neither is your spouse. Everyone changes. And so we don't have a reference for something that's unchanging. It's foreign to us. We don't know what it's like to be, have something that never, ever changes. But the reality is God, there's never been a time when he wasn't God and good and perfect. And there will never be a time when he isn't going to be God and good and perfect. He's a first and he is the last. There's been no need for God to adapt. He's always been perfect. It's always been perfect. And to suggest that there might be something God needs to grow in, or adapt to, which suggests that God still needs to learn something or grow. But that's not true. He's never had to learn anything. He's never had to grow in anything. He's never had to go on a journey of self-improvement, like many of us do at the beginning of a year. We look at our lives and say, well, what would I like to change? What would I like to adapt? We make these little things called New Year's resolutions. By the way, you're seven days in. How's it going? Just... God has never had to make a New Year's resolution. You know why? He's never had a need for improvement. Always been perfect. He's always been complete. He's never needed to change anything about his thinking, about his character, about his behavior. He's just the unchanging one. Never had a need for change. In fact, what it means is that God is 100% constant. And again, we don't have a reference for this because we are not constant. And sometimes we talk about each other as if we're constant. And when we're angry, we say things like, you always do this. You never do that. Listen, can I say that's never going to be true of a human being. Human beings are not constant enough to always be something. And this is something when I'm talking to couples in marriage counseling, I'm always trying to take these words out of the arguments, right? You're always selfish. No, that's not possible. You're never home. Well, how did you have kids? Like, right? You, like, you, you're always distracted, not possible. Like human beings, we don't have the ability to be always anything. We're not constant. We're ever changing, right? You wake up today in a good mood, tomorrow in a bad mood, the next day in an okay mood. Like, there's nothing about us that's an always. In fact, if you say that about a human being, you're saying that they're God because the only one who can be always is God. The only one who can be unchanging is God. He's the only unchanging one, not your spouse. No one, no other human being can be always something except for God. And so it makes God so different and so unique that he's constant. In fact, it's a divine quality. It's a godly quality. It's an inhuman thing to be constant and unchanging. 
And this is where it starts to affect our lives, church. Because we are now in a relationship with one who's constant and unchanging. What does that mean? Well, it means a few things. There's some powerful truths for us. Firstly, if God is unchanging, you know what else it means? It means that his character is unchanging. Everything you know about God's character, his nature, his goodness, I want you to know it will never change. God is love and he will always be loving. God is holy and he'll always be holy. God is righteous. He'll always be righteous. God is present and he'll always be present. God is good and he'll never be not good. He'll always be good. God God is never going to be weak. He's never going to be doubtful. He's never going to be insecure. He's never going to be double-minded. He's never going to be those things and he's always going to be those things because he's the un changing one and so his character is something you can rely on we have a saying in english you can take it to the bank right it's a guarantee look at someone and say you can rely on god you know the writer of uh second corinthians paul um and the writer of romans he writes this in romans chapter 8 from verse 35 who shall separate us from the love of christ And then he mentions all these things that sometimes in our understanding means that maybe God doesn't love me. Maybe God is no longer with me. Maybe God has abandoned me. Maybe he's left me. Maybe he's forgotten about me. Ever felt that? Paul says, will trouble, will hardship, will persecution, will famine, will nakedness, danger, will sword? I believe some of you, you faced this in 2023, and some of you, you don't know it, but you're going to face it this year. There might be times of trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword, violence. Paul is saying, when we face these things, does it change who God is? And then he says in verse 37, no, everyone say no, no, in all these things, even though we have famine and nakedness and danger and peril and sword, in all these things, while we go through these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor things present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else, in all of creation, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is what you and I have. It is a constant, and it will always be true. God's nature doesn't change. If He's good yesterday, He's good today. If He's present yesterday, He's present today. If He's loving yesterday, He's loving today. You can take it to the bank. You can count on it, church. You can count on it. God, his character is so constant. And I want to say, I know some of you, you might have fear today. You might have pain. You might have worry. You might have hopelessness. You might have relational stress right now in your marriage. You might have a child that you're not speaking to. Or a sister or a brother that you've fallen out with. You might have financial stress and worry. You might have a teenager who's driving you nuts. 
But what I do know is that in the midst of all that change, there is a constant one that you can build your life on and hold on to. And he will become your anchor in that storm because he does not change and he doesn't go anywhere. And so in all the craziness of life, I want to encourage you, hold on to the character of who God is. Hold on to the nature of his goodness. No matter what changes happen around you, there's one thing that will never change and that is the character of God. The second powerful truth you and I can get from that is because God is unchanging, he's immutable. That also means that his word never changes this word this word that the bible says is alive and powerful it's sharper than any double-edged sword you know that this word never changes every truth you read in here will always be truth everything you read in here will always stand true this word is so alive it's so powerful it's so active that as you come and try read the bible you know what you're going to find it starts to read you Every time you come to try and learn, it teaches you, it transforms you, it remakes you. That's why it's alive. You can come one day and then come to the same scripture tomorrow and you're going to get something different because it's living, it's active, and it will never change. And it will never become irrelevant. It will never stop being living. It will never stop being powerful. It will never stop being active. And there's already proof of that because we're talking about this text that's already thousands of years old, that it's relevant for us today in 2024. Why? Because it's alive and it will never change. The Word of God tells us that about its Word in Isaiah 40 from verse 8. It says that the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the Word of our God, it stands forever. Jesus says these words in Matthew 24 from verse 35, that heaven and earth will disappear but my words will never disappear. If you are looking for a constant in your life, something that doesn't change, something that's immovable and unshakable in the midst of all the changing chaos, if you're wanting to build your life on something that is so secure that will weather every storm you face, build it on this. Build it on the only constant thing that we can put our hands on. The only thing that will never change. God is unchanging, which means his character is unchanging. His word is unchanging. And one more thing. If God's word is unchanging, do you know what that also means? That all the promises that are in here are unchanging. Every promise in these words, every single promise will never change. The things God promised yesterday, he still promises today and he's still going to promise for you tomorrow. How many of you, by a show of hands, and if it's a person next to you who did it, maybe don't show your hands, I don't know, but how, how many of you have ever had a promise broken? Someone's broken a promise to you. Yeah, it hurts, doesn't it? It sucks. It's awful. It's, it's so hard. It's, I mean, some of our greatest trauma, some of our deepest pain is from when we relied on someone and we thought there would be have integrity, we thought they would honor their word, that their yes was yes, and their no meant no, and then they let us down. And they betrayed, and they, they lied, or they were unreliable, they were fickle. It's horrible when you're putting your trust in someone, and then they break their promise. But come on, let's also be honest. How many of you have been the promise broker? I'll put up my hand. Yeah. I mean, as much as we hate it, we still do it right. We become the person that's unreliable and, 
And for many of us, our yes hasn't been our yes, and our no hasn't been our no. And we haven't been constant, and we've been fickle, and we've, we've faltered in the promises and commitments we made. And so in these human relationships, we're just, they're full of broken promises, and it's so tempting to transfer that into your relationship with God. And you kind of read the word, and you're like, oh, God, will you really do that? And my dad never did. My wife never did. My husband never did. My kids never did. My parents never did. Like, God, I don't know anyone who's always done what they said they would do. Well, if you know Jesus Christ, then you know someone who will always do what he says he will do. His promises, he says in his word, are yes and amen. Listen to this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. For all of God's promises, everyone say all of God's promises. They have been fulfilled in Christ with the resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which also means yes, ascends to God for his glory. If you are in Christ, all the promises of God are now yes to you. They're yes. Yes. It's every promise. It's now a yes. And God is not a respecter of persons. He's not looking around saying, oh, I like you. No. Yeah, I'll give it to you. No, I don't like you. Yes, I'll give it to you. No, I don't like you. He's not a respected person. If you are in Christ, when he looks at you, he sees the image and righteousness and likeness of his son. And he looks at you and says, through Jesus, yes, all my promises are yes and amen. The promises of God are constant and they are for you and they are for today. We can rely on the promises of God. They do not change. How many of you for Christmas or maybe for a birthday recently uh, got a gift card? Any gift card receivers? Put up your hand if you got a gift card recently. Cool, cool. It's a nice thing to give, right? Gift cards are a nice gift. You can then go and buy what you actually want and there's no confusion, right? Someone goes and they put money on a card and they pay the price and then they give you a gift. But it's really up to you whether you're going to use that gift, Right? Uh, I read this on the internet, so it must be true, uh, that apparently there's around $15 billion sitting in unused gift cards. And even as I'm saying that, I'm sure someone's like, I've still got 70 Rand on that Mr. Price gift card. I better go spend it, right? Some of you have received gift cards that you've never used. That gift card to that spa that beauty treatment, that breakfast somewhere, that coffee voucher. Some of you have used part of your gift cards, but the rest is just sitting in your wallet. And you know there's still money on there and it's going to expire soon. I think the promises of God are so much like those gift cards because someone has gone through the effort of paying the price so that you can receive every gift that is in the scripture. And it has been given to you freely not through your work so that no one can boast. It is a gift of salvation given to you. And now it's up to us whether we're going to receive the promises that God has given us because he has given them to you. His promises do not change. They do not change, church. It's like a father giving gifts to a child. Some of us had that experience. Those of you who practice gift giving over Christmas, like my family does, I get my kids together. I want to know, what do you want for Christmas? Right? My wife and I spend like weeks trying to decipher like, and then 
if what they want, if we think that's also going to be good for them, then we get on board and we hustle. We try and make a plan to get them the gift they want. Why? Because we love them. And when you love someone, it's a joy to give them a gift. It's a, it's, you rejoice in gift giving. You're like, this is awesome. I love the fact that I can do something that brings you joy. If I can do that as a very flawed human being, how much more, my God in heaven, my perfect father. That's what Jesus says. Jesus says those exact words in Matthew 7. So if you sinful people, which is all of us, if you know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more, everyone say how much more? How much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? God is interested in giving good gifts to you. And I do want to clarify this isn't some prosperity teaching. I don't believe that every gift God gives has to be money or financial success or material blessings. God has far more in store for you than that, I promise you. The gifts he wants to give you is for peace and joy, emotional gifts, spiritual gifts, eternal gifts, things that really matter beyond just our brief time on this earth. And he wants to give them to you freely. Some of you need to go to Mr. Price, right? You need to go and take these promises and God say, God, I'm going to believe by faith that you're talking to me, that this is about me. I'm receiving the gift you've promised because I know your gifts never change. Your promises never change. Every little voucher you've ever received has an expiration date on it except for this one. His promises never change. And so I want to remind you of some of God's promises. And they're going to be too many, of course, to mention them all. But I hope just by the leading of the Spirit that there's going to be some promises I mention that are for you. Because I don't believe you hear by mistake. Whether you hear personally, physically, online, listening now somewhere. I believe that there are some of these promises God wants now to steady you and steal you for 2024, for whatever you're about to face. Because here's some of the promises of God. Are you ready? He tells us that if we hope in Him, that we put our hope in Him, He will rise us up on wings like eagles so that you can walk and not grow weary and run and not grow faint. He tells us that even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to fear any kind of evil because His rod and His staff, they comfort us and they protect us. He tells us, that His mercies are brand new every single morning. And you might have pain at night, but there is joy coming the next day in the morning. He tells us that the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead now lives in us. And so no matter what you're facing and no matter what you're going through, you are called victorious. You are called more than a conqueror. No weapon formed against you now can prosper because greater is He, church, in you than he that is in the world. And yes, there is one in the world and He's looking around, seeing who He can devour. Right, He wants to steal from you and kill and destroy. But I wanna remind you that as He is active, God says, whatever temptation comes your way, He will give you a way out. There is always a way out. And on the days you don't take the way out and you stumble and you fall and you sin, let me remind you that He is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness so that you and I who are in Christ, 
He has a promise. If you are in Christ, if you have taken that special gift that you didn't earn, that was given freely, then your name is in a book called the book of life because Jesus has gone to prepare a place for you and I, but one day he will return. The trumpets will sound in the sky and those who are in Christ will rise first and we will come and we will rule and reign with Jesus Christ in a place called heaven. That is a promise for you and me. And in this place, there will be no more pain, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more rejection, none of that, no more suffering. It will all be gone because we will be with the one who is holy and always has been, who is good and always has been, who is loving and pure and always has been, and he will be our home and it will be constant and new. And that is a promise for everyone who's in Christ. That's a promise for you. It's a promise for me. And nothing we face is going to take that away. Nothing will take those promises away. Nothing will take them away. Those promises are unchanging. Church, I believe some of you have gone through some things, some changes that have wrecked you and hurt you. And you've been saying things like this. God, are you still there? Do you still care? Do you even hear my prayers? God, I can't feel your presence in my life. You feel far away. Are you still with me? Do you still see me? And to that, I want to say, he's never changed. And he never will. And in this world full of uncertainty, can you hold on to the one who is constant? In this world where nothing is constant, build your life on the one who is constant. Constant, there is a God. There's a God who's inviting you. He wants to be your anchor, your strength, your foundation. He wants to remind you today that he's never changed. His character has never changed. His word will never change. And his promises will never change. And so if you have been doubting God's goodness, his character, his presence, his word, his promises, I want to pray for you. And I, I just pray that as I pray, that hope will arise, strength will arise, and you will remember that you can build your life on something constant. The only constant thing we have access to, you can build your life on Jesus Christ. Can I pray for you? Can you close your eyes for me, wherever you are? God, I want to speak into this room all the pain that's been caused by change. All the unexpected things. And God, as we sit here, you know what's coming. We don't. You know all the change that's on its way. The good change. The change is going to be, bring us joy and fulfillment and happiness and satisfaction. But God, as we sit here, you know the change that's going to bring some trial in our life, some fire, some pain, some discomfort. But I thank you, God, that nothing Nothing in heaven or earth will separate us from you. So God, for those who are doubting today your presence, those who are doubting today your goodness, those who are doubting your provision, those who are doubting your love, those who are doubting whether you see them, whether you hear them, remind them by your spirit in the name of Jesus Christ that you are the immutable, unchanging God. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you will never change. 
Thank you, God, that we can rely on you. And people may have let us down. And life may have let us down. And circumstance may have let us down. But God, you never will. You can't. You can't change who you are. And you're good. You'll never not be good. So thank you, Father God, for your word that reminds us that you are the constant good in our life. And God, show us where we've tried to build our lives on temporary things, on things that change, on things that decay, where we've put our importance and our success and our identity into these earthly things that that just don't last, that don't work. Help us, God, shift who we are unto you, the one thing that remains the same. God, I'm so grateful as I just am reminded of your word today. I'm so grateful that your promises are yes and amen. I'm so grateful, God, that we can rely on them, that they just don't change and you don't change. Thank you for being the unchanging one. Thank you, God, that we can rely on every promise you've ever spoken. In Jesus Christ, let me pray today. Amen.